Hey, welcome to another edition of Family Office Secrets. And I am so excited to be here today with Howard Polanski from Cash Flow Coaching. As a dentist, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you know cash flow is king. Cash flow matters. And by the time we finish our conversation today, you're going to know not just how to pay your expenses, but how to pay them efficiently so that you can reach your goals even quicker. You're going to have a mindset shift on how to really make money work for you. And this is what I'm so excited about because we can give you strategies and tactics all day long. But if we can shift your mindset and give you a new way of thinking, that's powerful. So you're going to have that mindset shifting. And more importantly, you're going to feel really intrigued by this unique concept that we're going to be sharing with you today. So let's welcome Howard to the show. Howard, so excited to have you. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure to be here. So, right, cash flow, money, all of that, right? You're a dentist and, or, you know, former dentist. How did you get started in working in this field, in, in coaching people in this area? Um, by accident. <laughs> really, um, so, yes, by, by training in the first act of my life, I, I was a practicing dentist for 16 years. I graduated from Temple University in 2002. Uh, I was in the Navy for the first four years. So I was one year in uh, Chicago and three years in Southern Japan, um, 40 miles from Nagasaki, if people are familiar with that. Um, and I know, I know Tim, he's just like, you got to mention it. Um, the most famous patient that I ever worked on was a dog, believe it or not, when I was in Japan. Um, and what happened was, I was in the food court and I saw another officer and our base was really small. So to see another officer was rare. And he said, oh, I'm the vet from the Marine base four hours away. I come down one week out of every six. I said, that's great. You know, if there's any animals that need any dental work, just give us a holler. We'll help you out. He's like, okay, sure. Would you believe it? Two months later, he calls me and says, hey, are you still interested in helping one of the dogs on the canine te on the canine unit broke their canine tooth. I said, absolutely. So we schedule it, you know, six weeks later, whatever it is. That morning, the base photographer comes into our clinic and says, I need to take a picture of you doing dentistry. Patient in the chair is like, there is no way you are taking a picture of me sitting in the dental chair. Not going to happen. So I tell the photographer, meet me at the vet clinic at 1030. You can take all the pictures you want. She looked at me like I had three heads. I had to say, meet me at the vet clinic at 1030. You can take all the pictures you want. So we get there and dollars already sedated. And I do the root canal in, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And afterwards, the vet was like, that was awesome. How many of these have you done? And I looked at him. I said, this was my first one. And in a horror, he's just like, how did you know what to do? He said, well, the year before there was a dental conference up in Tokyo and someone had a PowerPoint presentation printed out on how to do a root canal on an animal. So I looked at it for five minutes. I was like, okay, this doesn't seem too bad. And sure enough, that was it. A year later, I get an email from my old commanding officer back in Chicago saying, glad to see you're working on all the sailors. I had no idea what he was talking about until I opened up the attachment and it's that picture. So it did make it, the picture did get around the world. Um, you can still find it on the internet if you're really interested, but that was, yeah, that's my most famous patient. 
wow, that's that's amazing. And, and you kind of, like you said, fell into this by accident. What happened to, to launch you into helping people make better choices with their money? Yeah, so to kind of accelerate the dental thing, I got out in, of the Navy in 2006. I opened up a dental practice in the suburbs of Austin, Texas in 2009. I had it for nine and a half years. Um, but to be honest, for the last year and a half or so, I was just getting burnt out, but I didn't know what to do. And then May, middle of May 2018 was just a huge pivotal moment um, in my family's, family's life. Um, my older son, I've got two boys that are now 15, soon to be 15 and 12, probably when you release this. Uh, my older son, he came home with a stomach ache. And three days later, we're in the ICU at the Children's Hospital having emergency surgery. And long story short, it's appendicitis that turns septic. Uh, he's in the ICU for 19 days. He's in the hospital for 29 total. He's sedated for eight days because he keeps on going back and forth into the operating room. And after they finally take the tube out for the next 24 hours, they give him methadone and morphine to bring him down from the drugs he was on. Okay. So you could only imagine how powerful this stuff was. It's that Sunday morning of Memorial Day weekend. And with as much strength as he can possibly say, because he realizes I'm sitting next to him, Tim. And he says, dad, it's just above a whisper. And I say, yeah, bud. And I have to lean over and put my ear right over his mouth. And he asks me, am I dying? Now to hear this from at the time, your 12 year old son, just, you want to talk about melting into the floor? That was it. Um, and so my first breath was, did I just hear him correctly? My second breath was, do not lose it right now. And so I look him square in the eyes and I just say, no, you're not dying. You've had prayers from thousands of people all around the world and you're going to be just fine. And he looked at me and he knew that I was telling him the truth and he closed his eyes to get some more rest his mom took his hand. I went outside and I just broke. Mm. And it just flooded together in terms of life is way too fragile. And if my soul is not in, not in what I am doing right now, burn the ships, it's done. And so I sold my practice. September of 2018 was my last day next to a dental chair. Walked away, no regrets whatsoever. Um, so that was the end of act one. But in that transition is getting to your point. I sat down with another dentist um, and he just asked me, how are you walking away? And I just kind of flippantly said, well, I figured out how to make money move. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I explained the concepts and we'll kind of go over a couple of them today. And at the end of it, he's like, okay, I'm buying a condo next month. I want you to be my coach. I was like, okay, sure. What should have taken, you know, he was going to do a 30 year mortgage. I said, with your cash flow, the strength of your cash flow, you should be able to pay this off in four years. Tim, he paid it off in eight months. And it's not, there's nothing, anything miraculous behind it. It's just, understanding how to make money move. 
And I know what really spawned him to say, I've got to work with you was like a month after we got together, I think I texted him a picture saying, hey, look at what my house payment is. It was $24.19. $24.19. And he's just like, there's no way that's possible. I was like, I swear to God, I just took the picture. I didn't make this up. And so then he, you know, so then he got his, he started just peppering me with questions at like month seven. I didn't understand why. And then at month number eight, he's like, I'm done. I'm like, you're done with what? He's like, my balance is zero. I was like, this is pretty cool. And so he tells his business partner and I get a couple other people and I just start telling people and they're like, this is game changing for people. And I was like, yeah, that you don't have to struggle in terms of how to make money move. Now you do have to have the cash flow. That's the key thing. So you do have to have a good stable income. But once you understand the principles, then all of a sudden you get to financial freedom faster. Hmm. What do you mean when you say make money move? What does that mean? Good question. So most people think of money in two buckets, that you earn it and you spend it. But there's a third bucket in the middle and it's where do you hold it? Okay. And so depending upon where you hold it, that's going to be how advantageous are you making the money work for you? And Really, this all get, revolves around something called a line of credit, okay? And there's various ways of lines of credit, and we'll talk about it in a little bit of what I call liquidity stacking. But let's start with the basic premise of something like a credit card. If you have a credit card that has a $10,000 limit, you spend $3,000 on it, you still have $7,000 available. But when you pay that off, then all of a sudden the $10,000 becomes available again. So money is, so a credit card is an open-ended tool. Money flows in, money flows out, okay? And so we take that idea of a line of credit and you take the money that you're holding and you can put it into the line of credit against a debt and make things more efficient. And then when you need to, you pull the money out. Great example, just to kind of put numbers to this. Um, sat down with a couple. One of them happens to be a physician, uh, not a dentist, but an MD. And they have $160,000 just sitting in cash. Okay. And they have about $320,000 in outstanding debt, be it mortgage and a couple other small things. And I was like, look, if you take the 160,000 and you're lucky enough to find a bank that'll pay you 1%. Okay you'll make your interest that you'll earn is call it about $130, $140 a month. And you'll be taxed on it. But if you had a line of credit, similar like a home equity line of credit, and you put that $160,000 into the line of credit, most people freak out because can I get the money out? The answer is yes, it's a line of credit. It's open-ended, not a mortgage, okay? But what will happen is there interest that they're saving will be closer to $450 a month tax-free. So would you rather earn $130 a month or would you rather save $450 a month tax-free? That's the magic of what I teach people is saying, where do we put the dollars that you're holding and put it in the most efficient place knowing you can always access it? Hmm. 
So, so right, instead of holding it in a savings account, it can make more sense for someone if the, the fact pattern fits to, to hold it in a line of credit. Absolutely. Okay. Very, very fascinating. And so, right, talk to me a little bit about how that helps pay expenses efficiently because, right, instead of having money sitting here in a savings account, now I've got money sitting here in a line of credit. What, what makes one more efficient than the other? It has to do with one of the key principles that I try and explain to people. And I guess we'll, we'll touch on it now that people, you know, some people might think of lines of credit and say, you know, I've got a, I've got a mortgage at two and a half, three 3%, you know, and let's just focus on home equity line of credit, just so we only talk about one. Um, home equity lines of credit are three and a half, maybe 4%. Why would I want to pay more in interest versus the mortgage? Here's the key thing. Banks have trained us to be interest rate sensitive. Okay. And here's a great example. You, Tim, let's just say you walked into a bank and you said, I need to take out a loan. And the bank says, that's great. We've well, got two products. One is at 4%. One is at 10%. Which one would you like? Now that part's not a trick question. Which one would you choose? Yeah, I think most people would choose 4%. <laughs> you are correct. Okay. But, <laughs> but there's two pieces of information I didn't give you. The first is you're going to take the loan out for a year. The second is you're taking out a loan for $100. Okay. At the end of a year, if you took the 4% one, you're going to pay $104. If it's the 10%, it's $110. I think we can both agree if $6 matters to you that much, then you've got bigger issues. Okay. Even if you were going to take out a thousand dollar loan, 1040 versus 1100, that $60 still is not a make or break for people. But if you start getting towards a hundred thousand dollars, now all of a sudden this means something because now you're talking 104,000 versus 110. Okay. And so it's with that example, I want people to understand it's not the interest rate that matters, it's the balance that the interest rate is applied to that matters, okay? And so when you can wrap your brain around that and you then go back to this idea of being open-ended, we go back to that example of $160,000, that couple had $320,000 in outstanding debt. And so let's make it super simple and say it was all at 3% interest, okay? Would you rather be paying interest on $320,000 or would you rather pay interest on $160,000? Well, I'm going to guess the 160 is the right answer there. I would hope so. Okay. And so that's the whole key is that you put that money in, you lower the balance, lower balance means lower interest accrued each day. Very, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Uh, and so, right, if someone wants to kind of get started on this path and exploring it, what are three things that someone can do right now, today? Okay. Well, you know, what, what the whole idea about lines of credit are is someone else came up with the, the term and it's absolutely beautiful. It's called liquidity stacking, Okay is that it's not the ability of having cash in your hands, it's the ability of having access to cash when you need it, all right? And so 
that's where all of these ideas of lines of credit come in. So let me kind of walk through three things, especially since we're recording this during COVID. We had the big earthquake back in March, April. Everyone freaked out. JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, they were shutting people down left and right in terms of getting access to cash. And that's the worst place to be in. Okay. So let me just, uh, let's take kind of a, um, uh, a public service announcement for the next few minutes and say, the earthquake has gone by. We're waiting for the tsunami. What do we do right now to make sure that I have got more access to cash in case I need it? Okay. So I'm going to do this family feud style. Number three is create a line of credit against your stock portfolio, okay? Which depending upon the institution is gonna be known as a securities backed line of credit or a pledged asset line um, or just an asset backed line of credit. It's kind of all mishmashed together. And what that will do is it has to be after tax money. You can't use IRAs and 401ks with this, but it allows you to use the value of your portfolio and have the ability to kind of get a loan of cash against it, all right? So let's just say that you have a portfolio that's worth $200,000 and each institution is gonna be different, but they may allow you to get up to 50% of the portfolio value in cash. You don't have to take it, you just wanna have the ability, just like a credit card, you may apply for one, but if you never charge anything against it, you're never charged, you never have to pay it back. So you have $200,000 in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You can get a line of up to $100,000. I would never go beyond fifty dollars or $60,000 because if the value of the portfolio goes up, then all of a sudden you've got more access to cash. If the stock market crashes like it did in March, then all of a sudden that shrinks back and you may have to pay something back. So... On 200,000, I would never go beyond 50, 60,000 dollars in cash to take it out if I needed it. The great thing is the, the institution, the Vanguards, Fidelities, TD Ameritrades of the world have that security there. The interest that you'd have to pay on any cash you took out is in the neighborhood of around anywhere from three to five percent. So very, very good way to, again, have access to liquidity. Number two. Credit cards. We all understand what credit cards are. What I would do right now is number one, increase your credit lines. Just call up the, if you haven't done it in years, just call up the, your various credit card companies and say, I'd like to increase my credit limit. Takes all of five or 10 minutes. They're going to say yes or no. The next thing I would do the same day is open up another credit card, maybe two if you only have one. Okay. And that is just to, again, have more access to liquidity. You don't want to just start, you know, not paying credit cards back, but it's nice to know that in my case, I've got four credit cards, two I use consistently. My two backup ones, one has almost $25,000 of credit. The other one is 20,000. So I've got access to $45,000 if I need it, all right? The other key thing is those backup credit cards have one or two small transactions like a Netflix account or Hulu, just so that you don't open it 
and then don't have any activity on it. Okay. So, you know, you don't want something big on the, on one of them. I have a $30 monthly charge. The other one is my electric bill. So that goes anywhere from 40 to a hundred bucks a month. Okay. So it's just showing constant activity. Credit card companies aren't going to come back and just close it on you at the worst possible time. And then the number one thing in terms of liquidity stacking is going back to a home equity line of credit. Um, I teach people when their cash flow is strong enough in terms of using a home equity line of credit in first position in lieu of a mortgage. Okay. But in this case, if you're just like, I just want the most available cash I can do, go get a home equity line of credit in second position. Okay. It's not as safe. However, again, it's still access to cash. So here's what I mean. You have a home that's worth $500,000. You have a mortgage on it right now that's worth 300,000. You can get a home equity line of credit below the mortgage for up, usually up to 80% of the value. So you can get $100,000 line of credit, okay? And if you really wanna to go to the next step, take like $80,000 of it out and put it in a different bank. So it looks like it's being used and not just sitting there, okay? Might that cost you 200 bucks a month, two to $300 a month? Yeah, but you have $80,000 in cash, okay? That's the power of liquidity. So those are the three things that I would do in terms of saying, let me just shore up that I can get access to cash in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, there are, there are other things. If you've got life insurance that's, uh, that has very heavy in cash value, you can get personal lines of credit. I mean, that kind of runs the gamut in terms of what you can do. Okay. Now, a, a home equity line of credit for, for you who are listening, right? That's different than a home equity loan, correct? Those are, those are different things, aren't they? Very, very different. A home equity loan is just like your mortgage. It's that you, you do take out money. It's a lot easier to get, but you're going to have monthly payments, okay? It's going to be a fixed monthly payment. The beauty of a line of credit is that the only thing that is due each and every month is the interest, Okay. And so when I had that $24.19 payment, that was literally only the interest that was due that month, okay? I don't have to pay anything else beyond that. And so, you know, just the last four to five months from March to June, just because I was kind of stashing up cash, my house payment's been anywhere between $100 and $150 a month. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how interest rate sensitive are these strategies? The, do the work better in a low interest rate environment? What happens if interest rates start going up? Great question. And that is one of the fears that people have with regards to lines of credit is that it is based on something called prime, okay? And prime does fluctuate. So in 28 in the end of 2018 early 2019 prime was going up about a quarter point every three months and so my heloc did go up in rate but again it's one of those i understood how it worked okay because i was plowing against the balance then all of a sudden end of 2019 into 2020 it's dropped i think like two and a half percent all right 
And so people are going to listen to this, Tim, and they're just going to say, I've just got this fixed rate of two and a half percent for 30 years. Like that's nearly free money. I agree with you. It is. But you're going to have that payment for 30 years. Chances are you're going to refinance it at some point. So you're going to start this all over again. And if your cash flow is strong enough, you could probably have paid off your house in five to eight years instead and not had a house payment. The best way I can describe this is that when you have a fixed payment, be it a car note, a mortgage, um, I'm not going to say rent, student loan debt, okay, those fixed payments box you in. You do not have control over the debt. The way that I have things set up with a line of credit I have control over the debt. I can manipulate when I want to take out more money and when I don't. And so I determine how much, you know, if there's an, if there's an investment that comes up that I need $100,000, literally like that, I can transfer from my line of credit to my checking account, write a check, and it's done. For other people, they're going to have to go to a bank. They're going to have to wait now 45 to 60 days to try and get approval and the opportunity is gone. And that's the, that's the key. I'm willing to have a higher interest rate to know that I have access and flexibility to liquidity. Yeah. Now, when you, when you talk about paying off the house, do we still have a home equity line of credit somewhere? Or are you talking about actually eliminating all debt? So I've gone back and forth in terms of debt I, I was really debt averse um, a few years back, but understanding the power of what this has allowed me to do, I am much more flexible on debt. So I always, when people are intrigued in terms of how I can help them, I always start out with the premise, if you want to be debt free, we can do it in X amount of years, okay? Once you begin to understand the strategy, you will probably end up like me and say, I will never be debt free because again, I get to control the debt. So we're going to use being debt free as kind of like our North star so that we know how to guide, but you'll understand your comfort level in terms of how much debt you want to take on versus not. And so that's, that's really the best way I can explain that once you get past the initial reaction of, is he really know what he's talking about? Okay, I think he does, but I need you to help me. And then you get about four to six months in and then all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think it's one of those things where, right, we can talk about it in the theoretical, we can go through some examples, but until you actually do it on your own situation, in, in your own scenario, it's really hard to, to actually see how this stuff works. And so, what does the process of working with you look like? How, how does someone contact you? How do they get in touch? What does that initial conversation look like, Howard? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, you know, I'll just tell you the website is, you know, www.cashflowcoachusa.com. Um, if you want to add forward, forward slash secret to the end of that, I've got two videos that, not, they're not behind a paywall, but I just don't want it out in the public. And it breaks down kind of the principle, a little bit of the principles that we're talking about right now. It'll take you about an hour, okay? 
Um, but you see the principles, you see the way that I used a home equity line of credit for six months. I literally broke it down day by day and how I made money move through this thing to manipulate the game. The banks made the rules, okay? I'm not gonna try and force the banks to change the rules. But now that I know how they play the rules, I'm playing it against them. And so, you know, it's, that's usually the point where people are like, okay, I kind of understand what you're doing, but there's no way I'd have the comfort of doing this on my own. And that's fine. Some people I've mentioned it, I mentioned it to some of my patients before I got out of dentistry. A couple of them just did it on their own. I'm like, more power to you. You figured this out. Great. Awesome. Others are just like, okay, I kind of get it, but there's no way you've got to help me with this. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy to help. No big deal. Okay. So reaching out, contacting with you. And then, then what does that first conversation look like? What are the things you're talking about? What are you asking? Right. What are the things that, that someone can be thinking about before they meet with you? On a super high level, I just take five minutes to say, hey, let me understand in terms of what are your assets, where are your debts, and then most importantly, what is that average, po- average positive cash flow per month, okay? Because if you don't have the cash flow, this is going to bite you in the butt, hmm. okay? okay. So, so you have to have strong cash flow before starting. There are some requirements, and there, there really is a profile for who this works for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking like, you know, who is the ideal client that I work with? Number one, they have a household, household income of let's call it 150,000 or more. Okay. And number two, they are good stewards of their money. And I leave that very broad because if you understand the principle of my expenses need to be less than my income, and that is just part of your nature, then there is an excellent chance that I can work with you. Okay. If, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not picking on people, but there are people that look at their neighbors and say, they just got two brand new Mercedes. I got to go out and buy two brand new Mercedes. I, I don't want to work with people like that because they will look at their house like a gigantic piggy bank and they will rate it. And then they will come back and say, this doesn't work. And it does. It's just that you have to be a good steward. Okay. Excellent. Very, very interesting. So any closing thoughts for people listening? What, what would you share with, with someone who's, who's wondering if this is right for them? You know, I'm going to, for the, for the people that listen to, to your podcast, Tim, I'm guessing that, you know, it is a number of dentists or high paid professionals. I'm not going to, Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, they are wonderful for the 90% of the world, okay? I don't bash what they, that they have on television and what they've put in books. I think it's wonderful for that 90%. But you're focused, and the focus of this podcast is on the people that are 10% and higher. And when you start getting to that income, the rules start to bend differently, okay? And so if it has just always nagged you like it did me when I first got a house, um, purchased a house back in 2006 saying, when am I ever going to pay this balance off? Like this is just taking forever. There's got to be a better way. And that thought just nags you to no end to say, there's got to be a better way. 
I can show you the better way. So that's my closing thought is that if you just know that I just wanted someone else to show me like how I can do this and really be able to focus and, you know, manage that debt, get the, you know, get those student loans out of the way, get the car notes out of the way and really free up cash flow. Then all of a sudden you just get the financial freedom faster. Wow. Well, right. And who doesn't want that? Financial freedom is so powerful. Being able to, to know that kind of no matter what happens in the world, that you've got the ability to take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, keep making that impact. So Howard, thank you for being such an amazing guest. And thank you for sharing with everyone listening today, some of the, the strategies, tactics, and ideas. I know I'm certainly intrigued by this concept and uh, it certainly has shifted my mindset in the way I think about money. So if you're listening, I, I would encourage you to contact Howard, have a conversation, see if this is right for you. Get out there and make it a great day.